0: I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't
1: believe what I just saw!
0: You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call.
2: Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You believe in miracles? Yes! Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show
0: host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. Lots going on. Football and basketball overlapping for the Cuse. World Series Game 6 tonight. We come to you from a frigid studio for In the Booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Good to have you with us, folks. Up until 3 o'clock, Matt Park with you here today and tomorrow and Thursday. And Friday's a travel day. Kind of coasting on Fridays here of late, which means I am not a candidate for employee of the month I probably not period i wanted to find that out i i heard today when i pulled into the parking lot poly is, is this a, a rumor or is it real breaking news that uh seth is uh employee of the month seth, seth
2: is employee of the month i was on vacation day when the vote happened so i was not oh. there to veto who said vote
0: but uh he won well good for him is that a first no can't be he, for I mean, him, he's here all the time yeah is it a first yeah all right, so can you take steps toward your next nomination by booking him on tomorrow's show? <laughs> I want an interview with Seth. You want an interview? I can yeah. get him on tomorrow. I think yeah. I, I know him well enough. First I can, day, I can text him. And- okay, because I think you could use you know some points to score. I'm going to help you pad your stats a little bit. And uh, all right, we'll book. I want to get to the bottom of how he won. I can wh- tell you how he thinks about it. Well, he's here all the time. I know that. That's so. It's deep. Somebody's got to win it, right? Yeah. It was a one. I really want to get into this thing. And Gomez just made the same mistake in the parking lot. The middle of the Three Musketeers is that's not nougat.
2: No, it's. That's a- whipped
0: chocolate. Yeah. What's in a Snickers is nougat.
2: <laughs> what grinds my gears isn't it working right now.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to talk about some things, but see if you can get Seth on the show tomorrow. I
2: definitely will. I know exactly what he did to win. It was a one... (laughs) one, It was a one thing he did. One moment? Yeah. It was his one shining moment.
0: Wow. Okay. When it was above and beyond. All right. We'll get into that tomorrow then. Employee of the month, Seth Goldberg. Fantastic. I know he's a utility player. He's the Marwin Gonzalez of Galaxy Communications. so good. We'll get into the World Series. That happens tonight, by the way. Game 6. Kevin Burkhardt of MLB on Fox. He's the uh, smiling face that you see before and after the games. He will join us here coming up in a few minutes and then we'll talk football as the Orange travel to Florida State on Saturday. Dave Archer of the ACC Network will have that game on the tube and will be with us. Uh, Dave's alma mater is also kicking butt for the first time in about 15 years as Iowa State has two wins against the top five.
2: We jinxed TCU by having their Rochester yes, the,
0: Yeah. And I uh, thought maybe we would kind of get into the playoff discussion and all of that and they're not in that right now. So the playoff top 4 will come out tonight and there will not be a Big 12 team or a Pac-12 team in it.
2: I got a question for you, Matt. This is this came up in the office conversation. This will be a throw you a curveball. Do you think the ACC could be left out of the playoff?
0: Well, it's always possible that would be because Clemson missed their spot, basically, or because Miami loses uh, between now and then. If Miami's undefeated, they're in. If Clemson, with one loss, if they're really rooting for Syracuse. You know, it's funny to hear Mike and Mike this morning talk about, and they try to couch, well, no uh, disrespect meant to Syracuse, uh, Clemson had an embarrassing loss. Well, we're about to find out how embarrassing it is. If Syracuse goes to Florida State and wins and gets to be bowl eligible, which they could do, uh, they would do with two more wins, well, that sort of takes the sting out of it from a Clemson perspective if they're rolling and beating everybody else. But Clemson obviously put themselves at risk. Right now, you're looking more or less, unless there's some sort of catastrophic upset, Alabama, Georgia, and I think Notre Dame are you know, right there to take three of the four spots. Notre Dame does have Miami on the schedule. Miami beats Notre Dame. Why wouldn't they deserve uh, to be there if Miami stays unbeaten? So um, still a lot to be sorted out. You'd rather be in this uh, first four than not. I know Nick Saban went off about how unimportant it is. Well, that's easy to say when you're on top and you've got the best team and and you've been number one uh, wire to wire so far. But uh, we'll see how it sorts out. Certainly, I expect Notre Dame to be in and uh, Alabama, Georgia. And then, you know, people don't talk a lot about Wisconsin, but they have beaten everybody. They have a little bit of a a break in the schedule uh, this year where it's been a little softer for them. But uh, we'll see where that goes. And then, obviously, this has a way of working itself out. When you play 12 and 13 games in the case of the conferences that have a conference championship game, then... uh, that's why there really are only four or five unbeaten teams at the end of the year, if that. And so then we start looking at the uh, one-loss teams and, and who has the best resume among that group. And right now that's Notre Dame, who's one loss is to Georgia. Uh, but the ACC will have its say, certainly Clemson and Miami. Cle- Miami has not ever played in the ACC championship game. Maybe we'll touch on that with Dave Archer later. The divisions were set up the way they are, so there would be Florida State and Miami clashing every year. And Miami has not held up its end of the bargain, but uh, could make that championship game this year, of course, and uh, could be Miami-Clemson. So that's uh, what you might see down the road. But the uh, NC State-Clemson game is this weekend. If uh, NC State bounces back with a win against uh, Clemson, that would eliminate Clemson from the national title hopes and and uh, put NC State right there certainly for league championship opportunities. As for Syracuse, the Orange take on Florida State, they have come off a bye week and one of the things coach Babers told us at his press conference on Monday relates to how the team gets better over the course of the season, competition for positions. He's had a couple of guys in Kendall Coleman and Josh Black that have been out and their backups have gotten seasoned and gotten better and now you're looking for the reacclimation of those players into the lineup, but uh, maybe a little bit more of a general approach here and perspective from Babers as to how a team might tighten over the course of the year.
3: To me, every job's open every, every year. So you have the, if you're a starter, you have the right to get better or you have the right to get worse. And if you get worse and someone gets better than you, then you've lost your starting job. You have, I think it's important that it's always open. You always gotta have that competition inside the family and the best guy is gonna play no matter what. And when you say that, that means a freshman can come in and play and start. A sophomore, he can start as a sophomore, and then as a junior he can get beat out. So we got, hey, so-and-so started for two years, now he's not playing anymore. Well, we're going to play the best guy. So even though you're a starter, you have to continue to develop. You have to be as strong. We're only as strong as our weakest link, and those guys need to continue to get better to keep making the offense better, their defense better, the special teams better, the families better. You know, How about that uh, Cole kid? He's kicking really well now, isn't he? things can turn around really quick in a year.
0: Referring to Cole Murphy, who is now 16 of 18 on the season in field goals and has a long streak of consecutive makes, Cole Murphy last year was 10 of 18 field goals, one of six outdoors. And uh, he has been much better. And a rock. Uh, At this point, you'd like not to have 18 field goal attempts. You'd like to have more touchdowns. But to have made 16 is strong. And the sky's the limit for Murphy with four more games to be played. Babers uh, certainly hoping the Orange uh, perform better in the red zone to uh, speak of that tightening up. Back to the injury aspect. They have officially announced now Antoine Cordy out for the year with uh, his injury just nine minutes into the season. He missed all last year with a forearm, uh, injured again early this year, and gone. Uh, Jordan Martin, who's been playing and limited to special teams with a club on his left wrist the last couple of weeks, now out for the year, and so that is, in his case, a career-ending injury. He's a grad transfer from Toledo. Kendall Coleman hasn't played since the uh, great start he had in the first quarter of the LSU game. He is expected back uh, maybe as soon as this week against Florida State. Josh Black, knee issues a little further down the road. Scoop Bradshaw, uh, not sure that I have an update on that one with uh, the arm injury that sidelined him from the last one. I would uh, list him in my own informal way, which we shouldn't do as uh, doubtful uh, for the weekend. But uh, we'll pass along more on that as we know it. Tomorrow we'll visit with Chris Fuller. He's the uh, Senior Associate Director of Athletics, kind of the number two to John Wildhack in the Athletics Department. He'll tell you about the Military Appreciation Day festivities that are planned for the next home game. The Orange are in the Dome against Wake Forest on November 11th, A game now that uh, really looks to be an exciting competitive game. At the start of the year you think, well, it's this second division in the Atlantic and it's Syracuse – you know, maybe slightly favored over Wake and BC and you got to win those games. Well, those other teams have had excellent upturns too, as have the Orange. And uh, those are going to be very, very intense competitive games in the Dome. Looking forward to those. Uh, The stretch run of four remaining. Exciting stuff at Florida State, home to Wake, at Louisville, home to BC on Thanksgiving Saturday. Don't think you're going to want to miss any of that. The World Series has been Absolutely sensational so far. One of the best uh, games we've seen in the World Series ever was Game 5 the other night. Yesterday, a travel day. Back to L.A. for Game 6. Tonight, we'll visit with Kevin Burkhart, the MLB on Fox host. Works with A-Rod and Keith Hernandez and David Ortiz on the set there and uh, Frank Thomas as well. And he'll tell us uh, the outlook for the sixth game of the series tonight as the Dodgers look to win at home to extend to a game seven tomorrow night. That's when we return. Kevin Burkhardt in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse.
1: Saturday, coming off the
0: bye week, the Orange return to Florida to battle Florida State and Tallahassee. Pre-game
1: at 10. Catch Syracuse football all season long on TK99 at ESPN AM 1200. This is In the Booth with Matt Park.
0: Welcome back in the booth. Good to have you with us up until 3 o'clock today, back tomorrow and Thursday as well. Then the Orange are on the road headed to Florida State for the football game Saturday at 12.20 start. In the booth brought to you by CH Insurance, cnyrealtor.com, and Burdick Ford. Game six of the World Series tonight. The first smile you'll see on the TV screen comes from our guest Kevin Burkhart, who joined us part of the MLB on Fox coverage, the host with a large cast of characters there. Kevin, hello. How are you?
1: I'm uh, doing great, Matt. Good talk to you, buddy, Mister uh, Mister Voice of the Orange. It's uh, <laughs> cast of characters is one way to put it. That is a good way to put it.
0: Well, yeah, you got uh, Keith Hernandez new to the mix. Keith and Ron, uh, you know, we saw you guys work together for so many years on SNY and still uh, enjoy it regularly. And then they split up to work for different networks on the national scene, so they get sprinkled in there with your boy A Rod and Ortiz. So you got a nice uh, interplay, nice mix.
1: It's been fun. It really has, you know. Um, you know, and it's challenging. I mean, you know. But you know, we had a new show this year. I mean, we had Pete Rose last year, so Big Poppy and Keith came in. You know, Keith has obviously done plenty of broadcasting, but not really studio stuff, and Poppy's never done anything. So, right. you know, learning on the fly in the in the playoffs, which is the first time we ever did a show together, can be tricky. You know, so um, I think it's been fun, though. I think it's been good.
0: Frank Thomas gets a lot of his airtime from the uh, commercials now, though. That's that's a topic for another time. <laughs> in, oh, in the gym, genetics,
1: baby, All yeah. the way. We, yeah. we we bust his chops religiously on that. He loves it. You need
0: some uh, product placement, which is good, but it, you have a nice uh, clubhouse feel there. And what a blast you must have had the other night, Game Five. I think everybody that stayed up to watch it was glad they did. And uh, you know, those of us that are around. Sports and games. There's hopefully you're lucky to get one a year or a few in your career that leave you scratching your head, like, I can't believe what I just saw, but I was fortunate to be there. Uh, Tell us from your perspective what you saw, felt, heard on that night.
1: You know, I I think there's a lot of things with this. You know, I I don't know, you know, if the way, (laughs) you know, baseball is certainly a lot different than when I grew up, you know, Um, and and it's played a lot different now. I think that's taken getting used to from some of the uh, the older generations, like myself, because I'm not used to it, you know, the strikeout, home run, feast, or famine. But, I, you know, I think you got to look at it for what it was, right? I mean, it, was it the prettiest display of pitching you'll ever see? No, it was not. But just in terms of drama and excitement and so many different storylines in that game that were just amazing. I mean, the relentlessness of both of these teams keep coming back. I mean, look, Matt, if you would have told me, hey, Dodgers have Kershaw on the mound, and they've got a four nothing lead, and then a seven four lead, and he couldn't hold it. I mean, that's amazing to me, and, and couldn't hold it in the fifth inning. Um, so it was awesome to watch, and I have to say, been at a lot of sporting events in my life. I, I don't know um, that I've ever heard a crowd louder than Houston. I, I mean, it was it was unbelievable. I mean. 45 minutes after they came on our set, and we couldn't even hear ourselves talk in the outfield. So, props to the Astros and their fans. You know, I think with everything that happened with the hurricane, I think it came at the right time, kind of a good thing to grip on to for some positive vibes for that community. And, and they supported them like, you know, almost no one I've ever seen. So, it, it just was a blast to be a part of it. I could care less how long the game was. If you weren't entertained, then, then you just don't like baseball.
0: Yeah, that's my typical comeback to uh, people that complain about uh, the length of games. We're visiting with Kevin Burkhardt of uh, the MLB on Fox coverage, hosting Game 6 tonight. You can see it on Fox at 8. You can listen to it here on uh, ESPN Radio 97.7 in Central New York. And, Kevin, you're the third national voice who's seasoned and been around that I've heard remarking how loud it was the other night. Now, when you're the team without home field advantage in the World Series – Game five is, by definition, the very last home game you can have. The roof is closed, as it's been every game since June. We know about the hurricane stuff. Um, But Joe Buck mentioned it, Dan Shulman mentioned it, and their broadcast, and now you say, would you compare it to college football? Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of reasons that it, it went that way, but it sounds like, and I'm not even sure the actual broadcast did it justice, that it was quite the atmosphere
1: yeah how would I compare? that's a good question. I mean, look, I've done um you know, I've done an NFL playoff game in Seattle. Was it louder than that? I don't know. I mean I, you know that's a, that's a tough compare for me. Uh, I don't think anything's been louder than Seattle that I've done. I, I will say this. I think it was louder than any baseball game I've ever been at, and that's saying something because you know I'm an East Coast guy, I've been to plenty of Met and Yankee games in the playoffs and, and World Series and things like that, and they get unbelievably loud. Yeah, I, you look, it's it's hard to rank, but I, I it was just it, it's hard to explain. It's it's hard to explain the vibe that was in that place. It, it was just it was so unique, and and I think once it started getting play, you know, the fans took it to another level. I think mean, once it started even getting play of you know, the home field advantage, and they started off so great at home in the playoffs. You know, they kind of took that as a responsibility. You know, not every place does that. You know, so um, I think that's the best way I can state
0: it. Very cool. The knack that the games seem to have of escalating. The Dodgers scored three. The Astros come back with three. The, the Astros take the big lead. Puig hits the home run to make it a one-run game, et cetera. So, thirteen twelve win for the Astros in Game Five. Game Six is tonight, and I don't care where the game's played. If I I need one game, I've got the series lead, and I've got Justin Verlander on the mound. Pretty much against anybody anywhere, I feel pretty good about it.
1: Yeah, I feel good about it. I, I think I, my, my theory is this tonight, you know, because really, if you're both teams, I have no idea who you're trusting out of the bullpen at this point, you know. And for the Astros, that's not really a surprise. For the Dodgers, it's a shock because they're both was on a 28 inning scoreless streak in these same playoffs. They can't get anybody out now either. Uh, for me, if I'm AJ Hinch, uh, and I don't know if you agree, Matt, would love to hear if you do. I am going all-in on this game. What that means is, you know, for me, Lance McCullers is pitching this game if they're winning this game. You 28 know, so straight if, it's, if it's the fifth inning and they've got a lead, I don't care if it's a 2-1 lead, McCullers is finishing the game for me. I, I think that's the way you've got to go. And then you know what, if you end up losing, if it's another one of these crazy games, figure out game seven another time. I, I just don't think you can say, well, we've got two games to play with, especially how crazy and wacky this series has been. So if Verlander does his job, if they're winning, I'm going with colors the rest
0: of the way. Yeah, 100. I, I, you know, certainly if you have a game in hand, you lead the World Series, and one game uh, means the the championship. You ride Verlander for every drop you can get, and then uh, and go to the the best you've got because uh, who knows what Game Seven is, Then you'd have to swing the momentum in the favor of the Dodgers in, in Game Seven anyway. So uh, I was fortunate to hang out with you and a Rod name dropping uh, in August. This ah. is this is not name dropping. This is game dropping. Uh, Rich, dropping, uh, Rich Hill couldn't keep uh, the Mets or anybody else in the ballpark on that day. And here he is pitching game six of the World Series. Remember that? I mean, that was such an anomaly because he's had a, a two, three good years in a row here where he's been uh, lights out, but he was getting knocked around the yard. That's baseball, Susan.
1: Yeah, it sure is. It, you know, I, I think for Rich Hill, here's what I think. He is a big time competitor, and I don't think he's going to go out there and get hit around too much, because there's two things. I think he's too crafty, and and two, I don't think the Dodgers allow it. You know, he had he was top four in starts of five innings or less, and most of that was not his doing. Most of that is once he gets in trouble, the Dodgers are taking him out of the game, and that's the thing. Earlier in the series, Matt, you know, they took him out in the fourth inning of a game. He was dominating. I. I hate it, and I hate that the way baseball does it today, because when you do that, you're assuming that the bullpen is impenetrable. And granted, the Dodgers' bullpen has been impenetrable, but you know what? I think that's changed their whole series, making that move in that game, too, because not only did they end up losing that game, but you know their whole bullpen has been taxed because of it. But here's the thing. They're going to do it again. Because that's what they did all year, and it worked all year long. And if you're going to say, hey, I'm going to give you a one-run lead with Jansen in the ninth, you're going to do it every time. I would do it every time, so I don't blame Dame Roberts. I hate it, but I think the reality is for them, if he goes four innings and gives up one run, they're exactly where they want to be.
0: Amen. And uh, looking forward to watching. We'll, we'll turn you loose on this. You're back to Seattle this weekend, right, for the Seahawks and Redskins. And our guy, Dwight Freeney, just uh, signed up there.
1: I love that Freeney is, 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 is still going, man. I mean, you know, when he was in Atlanta last year, they could not say enough good things about him. I mean, Vic, he changed Vic Beasley. Yeah. You know, he totally – it was all him. So I'm kind of fascinated to see him in Seattle with all those vets. You know, they're missing April probably for the year, I think. So – um I love it. Freeney's one of the all-time greats. You know, you got, listen, we got to give a little Syracuse flavor to the broadcast, Matt. You know <laughs> what I
0: mean? Right. Well, you might be one of the few broadcasts without it already, so uh, we're going to try to, you know, in your your case, at least you can work it in off the field. There aren't a lot of those right now in the NFL. <laughs> fair so. point. Fair, fair point, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, good to uh, chat with you. We'll be watching tonight and have a great show, okay? Thanks, Matt.
1: Great talking. See you, All right.
0: Kevin Burkhart of MLB on Fox and the uh, number two Fox NFL broadcast team. So he's got uh, Seahawks Redskins in Seattle on Sunday and of course game six tonight. Can't wait.
2: What I took out of that, you hung out with A Rod?
0: Angelo. <laughs> oh really? She was in there for, she you know, she and I it we didn't need to we see each other so regularly, we didn't <laughs> need to didn't need to really compare. No, uh she was I was been in the same room, same same booth. But I, I kinda walked out. I deferred to all that was going on there. I was trying to just this,
2: tread, there, tread lightly. I have so many questions. Were you invited to hang with A
0: Rod and save it for the show? <laughs> oh, this is oh, we're on the. <laughs> end. This is the show. Uh, no, Kevin and I go back a little bit, and uh, I. How did it work? He he was doing the game. I kind of half invited. I I kind of completely invited myself. He said, "Hey, come on up to the booth." I knew his partner was A Rod, and I didn't really even interact with A Rod to be honest with you. but. Um, J Lo, you could everyone's kinda on pins and needles and uh J Lo was Because you were there? N- well, obviously. <laughs> uh J Lo um made a brief little duck in and I kinda I was there and you know, I wasn't gonna I was not gonna interfere with the J Lo uh duck in and then I uh, kind of hung out, watched a little game, watched some from the stands, came home. All right. Jenny from the block. Yeah, just hanging with <laughs> hanging with Jenny, huh? Yeah, could have could have probably uh, gone a little deeper there to get, get a little more intel. It wasn't really a place, not really the place you kind of get to know somebody when you're standing behind two people who have microphones connected to a yeah. national television broadcast. <laughs> so where are you from? <laughs> the block. The block. <laughs> I like I like this uh, look you got going on. Is that new? Yeah. So uh J Lo we'll have to we'll have to catch up another time.
2: Right. Yeah. Like but Kevin's a
0: good dude. One of the really really genuinely uh great guys and he does a tremendous job uh in studio and on play by play and looking forward to uh, watching the game tonight. I just couldn't let that go. No, right. I, I, that's what you're here for, Polly. Right. Yeah, that was that was game dropping, not name dropping. <laughs> I just happened to go to a bunch of games this year including one that uh, Kevin did. All right, back with more as we continue here. When we'll come back when we come back, we'll get uh Joe Salzone in the mix, and then swing it to Dave Archer of ACC Network looking ahead to the Orange and Florida State. Saturday in Tallahassee, this is In the Booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse.
2: This is We Get It with Polly and Brent. By the way, this is sports host Josh Grossman, <laughs> by the way. Why is the ACC even a thing? Sorry, like, wa- like, nobody wants the basketball team to be on the ACC, and now all the football teams suck, and nobody wants to play football in the ACC. What is he talking I about?
1: I have no idea. Find it online on Syracuse.com or on iTunes. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m.
4: Live from the dboffers.com,
0: powered by Drivers Village Studio.
1: This is ESPN Radio.
0: 97.7 FM, Syracuse.
1: And 100.1 FM, Oswego. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait, the other thing. Tedious.
4: But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Here's Joe Salzo. don't care no more. Is Ezekiel Elliott paying for someone else's crime? Cowboys owner Jerry Jones seems to think so. Jones tells a Dallas radio station Zeke is paying for NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell's mistakes in dealing with the Ray Rice assault case from a couple years ago. Zeke has been on the sidelines for violating the league's personal conduct policy.
0: Well, Jerry Jones has obviously been in Ezekiel Elliott's corner from the beginning on this. And I think in general, he's absolutely right that these types of off-the-field cases are given more scrutiny and they're handled uh, with more care, more delay uh, because of the Ray Rice deal. The Ray Rice thing was difficult and was botched for lots of reasons. I don't know that they're all uh, Roger Goodell's fault, and all of the you know domestic violence and those things. Those are serious charges. A lot of these uh, off the field issues are uh, they need to be taken seriously because of the uh, image of the league and a lot of what's uh, going on there. I don't think this one is specific to Elliot. The thing with Elliot that's weird now is because this has been such a political thing, and in and out of the courts, he's played all the, the way through this season instead of uh, taking his suspension and. Uh, I can absolutely see why it rankles uh, people that a domestic violence case is now not about that. Now it's about how the NFL went through its policies. So uh, it, it seems like we get kind of uh, the priorities out of whack there by the legal options and wranglings of, uh, of this player and his, his lawyers. But he might uh, wind up playing this entire season now. Although I guess there's a, it's going to come to a head here again in the next uh, week or two. I've kind of lost track exactly on how that's all uh, going down, but uh, heavy is the head that wears the crown in the case of uh, Roger Goodell. I think we talked about that uh, earlier this week or last week. The guy makes $30, dollars especially you know precisely really for the purpose of being the go-between and the punching bag for the owners to deal with this stuff. So Jerry Jones is obviously been very critical of him of late is uh, largely a supporter of Goodell's because Jerry Jones is one of the more influential owners he's got a lot of things to go his way over time and uh, right now this one is not so he's taking his shots back
4: days after the news broke that Joe Girardi will not be returning next season to the Yankees the former manager says he's surprised and disappointed Girardi tells the website, The Athletic, he wanted to finish what they started this year. Girardi says the conversation that he had last week with GM Brian Cashman was quick and that they've decided to go in a different direction. Yeah, it's a shame. I think if Girardi
0: keeps going uh, to these lengths to point out that it wasn't his call, then I got to believe him. I don't hear anybody refuting that. Uh, I think... The closest to the truth, not being terribly close to it, um, you know, for me, picking apart what you hear and read, I think, and Mark DeShera made comments on ESPN about this, I just think people wear each other out after a period of time. He was there for 10 years. He's a uh, tight guy, um, micromanager, maybe. He's on edge all the time, Uh, probably not a a ton of fun to, to be around. And in baseball, you're around these guys a lot, uh, you know, all day, every day from February in, until uh, November. And I think after a while th- there's just enough friction between Girardi and Cashman and the players, et cetera, that they're moving on, and he's probably the easiest uh, individual piece to remove.
4: And finally, a Hawaiian man has been given an unorthodox sentence after violating his ex-girlfriend's order of protection. Darren Young, order to write, 144 compliments about his ex after sending her 144 quote nasty text messages. That's gross. It's tough to yeah. come up with that many compliments. That's
0: a math joke to get that yes, gross. I get it. Okay. Uh, gross, Joe, is 12 times 12, 144. I, yeah. That was a gross amount of nasty. How nasty were they and why would you bother doing that, first of all? And then 140, talk about padding your stats. He to gets to 144. Yeah, that copies. would
2: be nice to know how, how the time frame that those came Yeah, in. right. Because usually crazy guys, that'll be within an hour.
0: Right. He's just – and again, um, yeah, I think you're going to have to uh, – he's going to have to work, but uh, I think he can do it. He probably – I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that he doesn't um, – love the girlfriend enough to generate 144 <laughs> is going to be my, that might be difficult for him.
2: My first would be your eyebrows are on fleek because I've always wanted to say that. Is that, some,
0: I kind of understand what on fleek is,
2: but is that something eyebrows can be? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, the chicks are always saying their eyebrows are pretty f- on fleek. That's where I learned it from. Huh. It was a, it was social media taught me what the, the what else can fleek. be on fleek? I don't know.
0: Or like, what else can your
2: eyebrows be? Like your. <laughs> I guess if you're looking dapper, your outfit would be fleek.
4: This conversation is not very fleek. (laughs) I wouldn't think so.
0: Well, fleek out. (laughs) What's the
4: fleeking sponsor? (laughs) Yeah. Do We Care. Oh, Paulie. Do We Care is brought to you by Cam's Pizzeria. Cam's love at first slice.
0: Dave Archer of the ACC Network. When we come back on the Orange and Florida State, it's this Saturday in tallahassee joe might stop laughing just in time to make the phone call that's back when we continue in the booth on espn radio syracuse home of the syracuse crunch mitchell stevens across here's a shot score kevin
2: lynch ties the game Eckerson left side shoots he scores
4: Picked off by another. Pekka takes it.
2: For Lynch who shoots. He scores. Kevin Lynch with 103 to go in the third period. Gives the crunch its first lead. It's 3-2. ESPN 97.7, 100.1, 1200
1: and 1440 AM.
0: This is In the Booth with Matt Park. In the booth, we've got you for the top of the hour now on a Tuesday, the Orange and Florida State. This Saturday, a twelve twenty start time. The start time for the Wake Forest game not yet announced pending the outcome of the games this weekend. We'll have that for you, uh, I guess, on Monday. We'll know how that one works out. Probably will be decided on Sunday. Could be anybody's ball game. And Dave Archer handles a lot of the games on ACC Network. He joins us now. Good to see you, Arch, on the radio. How are things? Hello, Dave. Q, Dave. No, Dave. Okay. Well, hopefully we get the Dave there. Dave's a former Iowa State quarterback. Iowa State has two top five wins this month. After Matt. there he is. Hey, Dave. There you go. Sorry. How are you, buddy?
5: I'm Sorry good. Man, how are you? Me.
0: I was riffing there on uh, Iowa State. I mean, that's you got to be excited, huh? Watching from afar,
5: you're. Yeah, it's, it's been, been it's been fun. I mean, you beat two top five teams in the country, and, and uh, Matt Campbell's, you know, it's, it's funny because you mentioned it. I was thinking, I knew I was going to talk to you here in a little bit, and I started thinking about Syracuse, and I was thinking about Iowa State, and I was thinking, you know, uh, Syracuse really, based on the way they played this year, really could have been maybe a little bit like Iowa State in the fact that kind of an upstart, had a couple opportunities to win some games against teams that probably nobody gave Syracuse an opportunity to win. Uh, and you know, you guys got to win over a top five team. So it just—it just, it just kind of they kind of mirror each other. Had fortune's gone well at LSU. had they've been able to finish the show at NC State. We may have been talking about Syracuse the same way we're talking about Iowa State today.
0: You know, Dino Baber said something earlier this week about Florida State. Look, they're two and five. You take you know twenty points and sprinkle it around in some of these games that they lost. They turn those into wins, and he feels the same about his team. And you just listed. The key losses for Syracuse against decent teams that are in the top twenty-five: LSU, NC State, Miami. What, in your observation over the years, Arch, has been sort of the the difference maker when you do see teams turn the corner? Okay, there, there's second-year coach success all over the conference and country right now. Virginia's better, obviously Iowa State with with a former Mac coach. A little further down the road, Wake Forest was able to hang with their guy. They're better. Steven Azio was fired earlier this year. He was fired last year, but they've hung yeah. and they're better. What, what is it that, that you know, it looks like if patience is put in, eventually does pay off in that third, fourth year if you've got the right guy?
5: Yeah, I think that it's the, you know, obviously it's the connection between the coach and the players and the dialing in of what they're trying to do specifically. And sometimes it's not just systems. I think that's what we we so often concentrate on is Dino's system offensively, the speed, the pace they play at, throwing the ball over the yard, and then defensively run and hit. so there's there's a there's a, an idea of what they want to do. And then there's dialing into it and really grasping what you're doing. And then making those individual plays per series, not not in games necessarily, not in a season, but when you can apply those those fundamentals in a series where you make a play in a three down series where you get the ball out, or he's talking about this is the way we need to create turnovers, or on the other side, this is the way we need to mix the run in with the passing game. And and so I think when they continue to dial in that way, that's when you start to see, you know, those games that are close losses, they become close wins you find a way to make a play iowa state last week against tcu they had like 50 yards of offense in the second half but they created two turnovers down in their own end of the field the red zone to turn tcu away to win a game they would never have done that a couple of years ago so i think it's kind of buying into the system and being in the right place and then believing you're going to create that opportunity
0: And you know, we say that about syracuse one of the biggest things uh, ways to notice the change aside from the win-loss record because hey who knows what happens in the final third of this season syracuse could win Zero, one, two, three, or four of these games remaining—they they they really could. I think it's uh, anybody's ball game from from here on out. But NC State and LSU—they threw an interception on the first pass of the game, and in the past those might have been forty to three losses. This year they were close games. The Miami game that was their last time out—they're down thirteen nothing. That I thought at halftime that one had a chance to. To be a blowout it was anything but I think number two has a lot to to do with that but what in your observation makes that difference
5: well I think I think it's a little bit of what we were talking about but you've got to have guys that are fighters you know you've got to have guys uh that that you know buy in but also are willing to fight when things get sideways because you're going to get adversity in every game and sometimes that adversity uh, uh can manifest itself and here we go again Ah, uh, Syracuse hasn't done that this year, and I think that that's a credit to the coaching staff, but it's also a credit to the players that they're kind of put their foot down. We're not, we're not willing to go there, you know. When you've got guys like Malik Zaire and you got Paris Bennett, and guys like that that have been down that road, where here we go again, they're not willing to do that anymore. And I think that really a lot of credit goes to the players and and their ability to fight through the adversity, play at it, take it to another level you know, Dungy throws a pick, he's going to come back and he's going to fight you and he's going to try to jump over a player, he's going to rush for 100 yards if he's not throwing it that well. I just think the fight and then that begins to kind of permeate throughout the rest of the player, especially if you get young guys that are trying to learn and, and buy into the system, when they see guys fighting like that, then that begins to become a culture. And I think that that's kind of what Dino's got going on.
0: Visiting with Dave Archer, he'll be on the call Saturday on the ACC Network with our friend and uh, Syracuse grad Tom Wormy. Dave, uh w- start with us on Florida State. I, I know they lost the quarterback early. Can all of this be ascribed to that when, when you go from a guy that's on the cover of every magazine to now an 18-year-old true freshman, or, or do they have other problems?
5: Yeah, I think they've got a lot more problems than Blackman, the quarterback. I think certainly when you lose DeAndre Francois, who was, I think a lot of us thought potentially could be the ACC player of the year in the opening game against Alabama, uh, there's a setback. But Blackman's played pretty well. In fact, a lot of people feel like in the in the Florida State circles, that Blackman's going to challenge DeAndre Francois to be the starter next year. Mm-hmm. And when as I as I look across their offense, you know they haven't lost a lot of players. I mean, they they lost Patrick the running back here a couple weeks ago or last week, and 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 so there's not a ton of guys. And you look at the defensive side. I said, wait a minute, this is the same roster I put together when we were thinking we we're going to do that ULM game that got canceled because of the because of the hurricane. Same guys are on the two deep that were on that, and um, so I'm thinking. Well, the, the personnel is not different. Uh, it's a, it's really kind of a, a, a strange situation in the fact that I don't know where their leadership's coming from. And you'd like to think that Derwin James and, and Josh Schwett and those guys that have kind of learned from DeMarcus Walker and the people in the past, but I see a lot of finger pointing. And I really do. I see that, I, especially in the B.C. game. I think anybody watched the B.C. game, there was a lot of uh, kind of shrug your shoulders. It didn't look like a Florida State team to me, and I, I think that that's what Jimbo's fighting for hard right now is to try to find some leaders say, hey, this is not who we are. But hey, it it is who they are right now because they're they're getting run out of the building by some people and they better get ready because I think Dino's team has a chance to do the same thing to them.
0: Well, it's incredible to see Boston College physically throw them all over the field in a 35-3 BC win. And so here's Syracuse waking up on Halloween with double the wins of Florida State, and you can make the argument, Arch, BC and Wake, the the two of the two four remaining games, Boston College and Wake Forest, which are games back in the summer. You think well, Syracuse has to win those. Well, right now, those look like they might be more competitive games. You could make that argument than Florida State and Louisville on the road. Um even yeah. with all the Florida talent that yeah. those teams have.
5: Yeah, I would I would agree with you. It's, and it's a not a tough road if you look at it: Florida State, Wake Forest, Louisville, and Boston College. But I would agree. I think it obviously, you know, the game three weeks from now or three weekends from now, when you take on Louisville, that's a different animal because of the guy that plays quarterback. But but uh, Wake Forest is playing extremely well. Walford had a monster day last week. And, of course, Boston College has discovered their running game and seems to be playing some sound defense. But in turn, I also look at it and say, you're right, those two games might be the tougher of the, of the four. But I also look at it, like you just said a few moments ago, and Syracuse could run the table if they go if they go play if they play like they did in the second half against NC State. The team I saw the team I the game I got to do, I'm not sure there's anybody left on the schedule that can beat them.
0: How about that? From your lips to God's ears, that would be a, an exciting upturn uh, for for certain. And I think it all comes back to this idea: once you've beaten Clemson, you know you've proven that anything is possible. And uh, I think they're trying to get the community to believe that too, but certainly the guys in the locker room believe that.
5: Well, you got a couple signature wins the last two years. Now you you know, you know beat Virginia Tech in your building last year. You get you get Clemson this year. So those are the two teams that played for the championship last year. So there's not really much more of a mountain to climb. It's just a matter of believing that when you step on the field, you're as good as anybody you playing. And I think they're doing that because of some of these close losses, maybe proving that as much as those two wins I just mentioned. So I, I give Syracuse every opportunity to go down to beat Florida State and Tallahassee, and at that point, Hey, all bets are off. Get ready, because here comes the orange.
0: Awesome. Exciting stuff there, Arch. Appreciate it. We'll look forward to seeing you on Saturday, and let us know if you need anything, okay?
5: You bet, man. Good talking to you. Take care.
0: All right. Dave Archer of the ACC Network also handles the uh, Falcons games on the radio with our buddy Wes Durham, and that's a big one uh, this weekend as well, the Falcons against the Panthers, which is a 1 o'clock game on Sunday. People are starting to pay attention around the conference there, Polly, You beat Clemson, and uh, that opens eyeballs. Yeah, people
2: will start talking when you do uh, when you win. Winning, it's funny how that works. <laughs>
0: Got to back it up, and uh, we'll see if the orange can do that this Saturday at uh, Florida State in Tallahassee. Tomorrow we'll talk about the Military uh, Appreciation Day. It's in the Dome, November 11th. Chris Fuller from the Athletics Department on that. And Thursday, a little more preview of the Florida State game as we continue. Thanks to everybody that joined us today, including Dave Archer, you heard a moment ago, Kevin Burkhart from Fox, for Joe and Pauly Sibilia. Also tomorrow, employee of the month, Seth Goldberg. He hasn't confirmed probably, but we're booking him on the show. That'll be exciting. In the booth tomorrow on ESPN Radio Syracuse.